Resource sector is mixed. Welcome to Kiko Roundtable. I'm your host, Michael McRae. I'm here with Paul Harris, Kiko correspondent. Welcome, Paul. Hey, Michael, how are you? And Kai Hoffman, glad to be doing this with you at the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference on the last day. How are you doing? Not too bad, but it's been the last day. So let's see what kind of answers I'll be able to give you. <laughs> I was saying that it is mixed right now. We have a lot of, uh, how would you say, cross currents that are happening uh, within the space. We are the last day at the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. How would you say I've seen bigger conferences in the past and I've certainly seen smaller conferences in the past. You're talking to uh, the juniors in the space and you're going around and they're saying, you know, I just survived 2023. I am just hoping that we're kind of getting better down to a 2024. We did, however, start the year with some good news. Uh, we saw some notable financings, particularly some sectors where we wouldn't expect to see them. And I'm thinking about the FBX Nickel, uh, where they saw the investment that came, I believe, from Sumitomo. And then after that, we had Canada Nickel, which seems to be doing a whole bunch of transactions. Solaris Resources, I think it was $100 million plus for their copper project. Uh, that was from Azizian as well. So mixed sector here right now. Now, Kai, I'm going to uh, tease you out because you have the numbers and you can tell us exactly what's happening. But I'm going to go with impressions first. <laughs> I'm going to pick on poor Paul here. Paul, what has been your impression? Same? Is he going to set me up so I can be knocked down? Okay, <laughs> let's run with that. Um, walking around the room, speaking to people, it seems that um, the mining sector, the exploration sector is in a recession. It seems the financing window is closed despite the fact that gold is forming a bottom over 2,000 US dollars per ounce. Money's not coming available um, with, and I think that's perhaps in light of the, the comments you made about the finances that have happened, there's perhaps a bifurcation coming of between the haves and the have nots. There are gonna be those companies that can access capital or have very good CEOs that really get out there and, and shake the can and, and, and get results from that. And, but the majority are gonna come up dry. Hi, uh, you have your other hat, uh, which is Ornink as well, where you do actually follow the financings. And you, we've talked about this uh, in half of 2023. As bleak as 2023 was, it actually wasn't that bad. So bring us up to date. What was the end of the year picture? What did we see? It was actually better than 2022. So that was the big surprise for me as wow. well, compiling wow. data for the presentation here as well. Because yeah. I don't look at our data on a daily basis either, but compiling it on a year-end basis, we raised more money in 2023 than we raised in 2022. $4.6 billion in our coverage universe. Yeah. Keep in mind that's companies market cap below 1.5 billion and financing's below 100 million Canadian dollars. So really the junior end of the market, but it's bifurcated. Exactly as you said, it's the haves versus the half-nots. Add to that, it's the companies that have a plan and a target and a goal versus the companies that are just full of hopes and dreams, right? Meaning going out to Alaska, trying to drill a target that is an idea, won't work. But if you want to advance to a feasibility study or a resource estimate, you'll have a high, very high chance of raising that capital, in particular when you have a good management team. And that's what we're seeing right now. FBX Nickel, very desirable project, going to feasibility stage. Uh, Solgold, I think we've seen. Um, well, no, Solaris, 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 sorry, that was yeah. Solaris. Yeah, they got 130 right? million to deliver PFS and advance certain and aspects. That's exactly what we're seeing in the markets. If you have value, that you value target, you'll get the money. Uh, sorry, break that down a bit more. We say value, but it, are these late companies right now or what is it? Sir? That's exactly that. So yeah. it's late stage explorers, early stage developers, okay. companies that are trying to achieve, as you said, PFS, a DFS, a definitive feasibility study, or just even a resource estimate at a later stage, right? To mm -hmm. update a resource study that companies or investors can track. That, those are the companies that create value. Again, if you go out with hopes and dreams trying to raise money for a grassroots exploration program, tough luck. 
Uh, there's two commodities that I think are kind of uh, shining over top of us right now uh, that people are tracking the trends for first. And this is the one that you track the most uh, with what you've been doing with your YouTube and you've been trying to tease it out. That would be gold. Gold has had, it's been very interesting because we hit that all time high back in December. Uh, when I look at the GDX though, which is a tracking of the gold miners, uh, we're close down 10% for year to date. And what is it? It's uh, the 22nd right now. You've been talking to a lot of people in the space, Kai. What's going on? Good question. I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out what is going on. Where is the lack of interest in this space? Because we're seeing a lot of, we, we do see margin compressions of the, of the majors, the producers. That might be a reason for some of the algorithmic generalists, traders and investors. Yeah. But uh, overall, like gold should be in everybody's mouth. Everybody should be talking about gold. Uh, we've, we've broken all time highs. I barely saw a headline. Yeah. Like it was actually, I saw headlines that were next to Bitcoin as well. So I think there's that bifurcation on that end as well. If you're mm -hmm. looking for an alternative to US dollar, if you believe that the, the narrative of de-dollarization and US dollar losing value, you look at gold and Bitcoin, so you're losing half the, half the investors perhaps. And the investment funds are not coming in. Like we're actually seeing funds in the space being uh, dissolved. Yeah. Um, there's ASA out of San Francisco that's being under attack by, inside, by, by, a share, by, by an owner. Um, I, I hear rumors of another fund here out of Vancouver, $106 million fund being closed uh, as well. I want to name the name. I need to verify yeah. the, the rumor. Um, so that's the pressure. That's why we're not seeing any movement in the shares because there's a lot of liquidation. A lot of the funds are seeing redemptions. Uh, well, correct me, Kai, because, um, you know, when I'm talking to people that are in the gold space and uh, the one thing that they're hanging their hat on right now is they're saying, you know, we have to get to the point where they're cutting interest rates and that point animal spirits and then that point people are going to be taking a flyer and stuff like that. That's not the gold narrative, I think. <laughs> it's supposed to be counter-cyclical. I, I don't, you know, it's like, it's, you know, we're going to go up when tech stocks go up or something like that. Yeah, well, you look at it, it's like you, you, you believe that uh, the Fed might ease rates and then might QE might be next, so quantitative easing, maybe free money again. Okay. We'll see what breaks next. Yeah. Um, but then the inflation narrative kicks in again, so you're trying to protect your wealth because the U.S. dollar is going to be worthless. So gold should be hanging in there or going up in a particular scenario. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what we're seeing. That's why gold is hanging in there right now. Of course, we see central banks around the globe buying as well. Uh, Grant Williams, uh, who I interviewed earlier, said it's a national security asset, which is a very interesting way to form or name it, name gold. Uh, yeah. I'll be using that probably forward uh, quite often. So you might hear me say that uh, in other interviews quite, quite often as well, because I like it. It makes sense. It protects your wealth. U.S. dollar has been under attack from other mm -hmm. countries as well, and they're protecting themselves. Others story is copper. Copper, copper, copper. Uh, everybody's talking about this is going to be the next metal that uh, is supposed to run. Um, Paul, you've been looking at copper fundamentals. How is it looking? Well, the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's real. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big supply gap coming. Yeah. There's the inability of the market to fill that gap with the existing production because mines are getting older. Grades are declining, it's getting more and more expensive. There's fewer discoveries, there's nothing in the cupboard to bring into production. So sooner or later, the prices have to rise to uh, encourage, to stimulate, uh, to incentivize new production. Mm -hmm. I, you know, we saw, I asked you this uh, off camera, Paul, but uh, we saw the big run up in lithium, uh, uh, the lithium space, and then we saw there was lithium juniors galore right now as well, too. I have been talking to a lot of copper juniors who are being introduced to a lot of them as well, too. But are we at that same stage right now? Not at all. It's very different. The, yeah. A couple of years ago, a number of new copper juniors started. And if you look at the, uh, the data out of Chile, copper exploration in Chile increased last year for the first time in about three or four years. So there is more exploration starting for copper. 
but there's far fewer companies doing it. One, because it's not the flavor of month. You don't have the trend aspect that the lithium explorers do. Plus, it's so much harder. It's so much harder to actually find a deposit, to, to stake the ground and do all the exploration you need. It's a much harder task. Um, I'm not saying that lithium exploration is easy. Once you've got a, a project, within five years, you can have your resource defined and then you're, you're going through the rest of the process. A copper deposit, you're looking at 10 or 15 years of exploration before you can put a, a resource around it and then go into the rest of the process. So it's a much harder task. You need perhaps much more knowledge to engage with the exploration process. We've been a long way also from the incentive price because uh, uh, we need north of $4 uh, to actually see that people are going to, they're going to have to feel comfortable that we have that built in so we can, can see some projects actually develop. So the, the longer we stay away from that, I mean, the more of a potential uh, copper gap uh, sorry, I can't come up with a clever word on your uh, opportunity. I was trying there. Uh, the longer that we stay away from uh, actually seeing some mines built, so the potential that there's going to be a bigger gap there. Absolutely, because it's a, it's a really difficult thing to, to judge or time. Your timing is everything in the mining space and in the mining investment space. But for, in copper particularly, you're looking at a, you know, let's say a 20-year time horizon between discovery, delimiting a deposit, going through the economic studies, going through the, the permitting, who knows what's going to happen or what the prices will be in 20 years. That's a really tough call to make. So companies, I guess, go in with their best efforts, at, you know, looking for something that's big enough that it will hit a couple of cycles. So at least a couple of points in its, the life of the potential future mine, they'll be able to coin in the money when the price is at the top of the cycle. It Maybe is, a, oh, go ahead. just jump in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Like mid, mid, short to midterm, we're seeing recession fears looming on the copper trade as well. We're seeing less investment in the copper space. Earlier in the year in 2023, we've seen quite a bit of investment in the copper space. But since then, copper stocks have traded down. Nobody wants to touch a copper stock right now because everybody sees a very hard landing scenario. And that's maybe hinders some to development as well. Yeah, I, I, I've been, I've, I've heard the same story coming out of talk to uh, new set of writers and it's, you know, it's a sample group of a handful, but everybody's saying that uh, your copper story is still like a couple of months off, if not to 2025. But the, you've also got the fact uh, for copper producers, times are good. $3.70 a pound historically is a very high copper price. Most good producers have probably got a C1 cash cost of $1.50, $1.75. They've got a very good margin. So whilst they're in a wait and see mode about potentially buying other companies, potentially investing in new capacity, they're making good money. It is the start of 2024. We're here at Brick, which is uh, the kickoff to uh, the season, the first big show. I wanted to ask you both, what are the top stories that you're going to be looking at? Uh, I'm going to kick it off and talk about that we are in a U.S. presidential year, and uh, I want to see how much of energy transition is going to become a political football. Uh, we have, uh, how would you say, we have a U.S. presidential election. It looks like it might be Donald Trump uh, versus Biden. Uh, that was behind the Inflation Reduction Act. And we see that there's a lot of energy transition that has been supported by government policies. We also see a lot of PowerPoints from uh, juniors that actually kind of lead at the top, talking about energy transition, the opportunity in there. What are we going to see on that? Is that something that is going to be scaled back? And then also, if there's a change, how much of that uh, energy transition policy is going to be knocked off? And what is going to be the knock-on effect uh, to the uh, sector? It's interesting, a lot of companies mentioning it, but a lot of companies are not even eligible to talk about it in, in that regard. They're not grant eligible, for example, so a lot of companies are you know, eyeing that big money that uh, the U.S. might be doling out, like they've yeah. done to Talon Metals. 
but they need to be somewhere closer to shovel ready or need to be feasibility stage or get to feasibility stage to be even eligible. So a lot of the junior miners, or I'm sorry, not miners, explorers, who, who have that critical package and energy transition at the forefront, there's a lot of hopes and dreams involved, right? Let's, to that point, um, good question on the, on the like, outcome of the elections. I think if Biden gets elected, nothing will change. Yeah. Um, I have yet to review what Trump is going to do in that regard, but uh, he's got a very pragmatic approach to things. My, my expectation is that he might ease permitting. Um, yeah. Looking at Arizona, maybe he'll help cut some red tape. Uh, doesn't mean like, and he's never been against circumventing regulation. He's just always been for cutting red tape and uh, maybe accelerating the process. So I think that's what we'll see. Yeah. Can he throw money at it? I'm not sure, because the US is in a massive debt situation. The budget deficit for this year alone is two trillion. He's going to be empowered starting 25, I be, 25, I believe. And uh, does he have actually any room? He needs to refinance. He's going to win the election first. I, I, mean, I know, it's like I'm just, yeah, oh, this yeah, is yeah. all hypothetical. Yeah. But uh, him or Biden, they both have to refinance $17 trillion of, of bonds next year as well, or in the next 36 months. So can he? Can they? Like, that's, that's the question. So I wouldn't bet my house on it. Paul, I'll leave you the last word. What are you looking forward to in uh, 2024? I think I'll, I'll, go, I'll go, you know, Obviously, I'm very keen on copper, but uh, I'll, I'll come out with gold. I, mean, I think it'll be interesting to see as and when the interest rate cuts from the Federal Reserve happen and what impact or not that will have on the gold price. Will that be the trigger that sends precious metals much higher and much higher for longer? And will that produce uh, the sea change that everybody expects and hopes that it will? Gentlemen, I know you both had a very busy Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. I appreciate your time. Paul, it's a pleasure working with you. It's a pleasure working with you. I look forward to doing it again in person. And Kai Hoffman, thanks for dropping by. See you in Frankfurt. <laughs>